Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome everyone to Undivided episode number 33. And Undivided here on the Life Coach Radio Network is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, our sponsor, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, speeches and periodicals. For all things spoken audio, it's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com after our show tonight and go to the drop-down menu and enter Life Coach Radio Network to find out about a free trial that is being offered by Audible.com for all the listeners to our network. Audible.com, the sponsor of tonight's program, Undivided, and all of our programs here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome into Undivided, episode number 33, The Western Split. My guest tonight, very special guest, Ramana Stokel, will be with us. It's 7.01. We are live here on the East Coast. I am in New Jersey. Ramana is in the Midwest, so she's on Central Time, so it's 6 o'clock her time, 5 Mountain, and 4 o'clock for all of our listeners in California and the Pacific Northwest. The disclaimer for tonight's show as we are live here on Wednesday, November 7th in the year 2018 for undivided episode number 33, the Western split. The views on tonight's program may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank Chamaduri, my guest for this episode, in this case, the aforementioned Ramana Stokel, and certainly may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. And before I get started, uh, most of my regular listeners know we've been uh, three weeks since our last show, and I don't normally dedicate shows and episodes of this show. This is maybe the third time that I've done this. But I'd like to dedicate this show tonight to two different groups and two different people. The first is to Barb or Babette Gold. I knew her as Mrs. Gold. Some knew her as Babette Gold. She came to this country from Europe during World War II to make a new life and passed away over the weekend at 90 years old. And actually her wake is being held as we speak this evening in New York State. So Mrs. Gold, this show is dedicated to you and the inspiration that you were in the times that we shared, the inspiration that you were to so many people in your family and friends and in my life and the life of my wife and others in my family. And it's also dedicated to all those that tragically lost their lives in the Tree of Life synagogue tragedy in Pittsburgh. So many of those people had come to the United States from other countries, from Europe and from Israel and from other parts of the world, coming to America seeking a better life. So this show is dedicated. So tonight we're going to talk about the Western split, how Western society can be different in all three places that our guest this evening has lived. Those places are the uh, aforementioned Europe, Australia, and here in the United States. The uh, Europe has perceptions, as we all do. Europeans, Australians, Americans all have perceptions of each other. In coaching, we talk about it and refer to it as the lens with which we view the world. The United States has certain views about Europe. Uh, Europeans may think of Americans as workaholics. 
We may think of Europeans as quote-unquote soft. We may think of Australians as carefree drinking hooligans. You hear that stereotype often bandied about. But the U.S., the EU, and Australia are all tied together through common bonds. First of all, democracy, different treaties, economic partnerships, and military aid. We're going to get into the very different approach to life, to family, to work and business in all three of those areas. We're also going to talk about nationalism a bit, but this is not a a political show. And as far as certain countries and certain continents or certain regions, they may think of themselves as the best. And other people may think, well, America or Europe or Australia is going in, quote, unquote, the wrong direction. So we're going to explore that a little bit tonight. So our special guest is Romana Stokel, and we're blessed to have her on the program. As I mentioned before, she's lived in three different Western continents. Romana left her government job in Slovenia in Europe six years ago and moved to Australia with her husband. She had no job. She didn't have any friends. She had never even traveled there. In three months' time, she was able to quickly acclimate, and we're going to talk about that. She lived in Australia for four years and established a network, and then in a situation where she had to move to the United States. And she will explore and express her views of moving to America and coming here after living for in two other areas for a significant period of time. She saw many single professional women struggling during that point, living in all three of those places. And that encouraged her to become a dating and relationship coach. Romano is going to share all of those experiences with us tonight. Romana Stokel, welcome. It's undivided. Hi, Frank. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be here today, tonight, tonight on this show and like talk to you and share um, my views. I'm so excited to have you. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Can you Excellent. Hear me right? I can hear you well, too. I can. That's uh, very important, as I always say in a live podcast, <laughs> uh, to get yes, that going. Is. So so as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to go into what's known as the divide segment. It's the first segment of our show uh, for all of our regular listeners. And in the divide segment, we look at that the uh, societal barrier or construct that needs to be bridged, uh, what's dividing people. And in your experience, you know, you lived, as I mentioned before, on three different continents in North America, Australia, and the European Union. What within your experience is the most common misperception between those three areas? I think that we really have um, judgment about other people and about other continents because Let's say if we didn't live there or we didn't travel to different parts of the world, we really don't know how people live there. And like you said, Europeans may be perceived as soft, but they are really not. Americans can be perceived as really hard working or workaholics, but we know that that's not true, right? We know that they need to work like 
two jobs just in order to survive. And also, mm-hmm. Australians can be perceived just like having fun and have lots of money and really lazy people. But that's not true either. Uh, so, in my opinion, the best way that you can really establish an opinion about other countries, other people, is to go there and talk to them and listen to them. Because their stories are very, very interesting. That's very true. I've talked to people that have traveled and they say, you know, nothing replaces that experience as far as, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, they call it getting cultured. And in a prior episode, we explored on this program cultural divisions. Some people may have remembered that episode. Some people have listened, my regular guests that I'm, I'm blessed to have have listened to that episode. And in our prior episode on the cultural divide, as it was called, my guest was Pam Winholtz. And she traveled to a number of different countries and backpacked and lived with people. And she mentioned that the most frequently asked question she received when traveling abroad and people found out she was American was how many guns did she own? And I remember that really upset me when we did the show, and I mentioned something at the end about that. It was, how many guns did she own? What have your friends in Europe or Australia asked you about America? And what have Americans asked you most often about life in the other places where you've lived? So it's a two-part question. Well, Americans usually ask me how it looks like live live in other countries. And usually they ask me very, very positive questions. It's like, what do you love most about Australia or what do you love most about Europe? Uh, My friends usually ask me, you know, tell me how the health system is there. Or tell me, you know, how it is at work. Is it the same as in Australia or is it different? You know, do you really work long hours? Do you really uh, work all the time? This is mostly the question that I get asked. I found that fascinating that the um, questions that you get from us as Americans is what do you love most about those places? Um, yeah. Would you care to share what you do love? What, what do you love the most about? It's kind of like a follow-up. What do you like most about living in Europe or living in well, Australia? To be honest, uh, living in Europe, I really love mountains. Right. Uh, so I love mountains. I I don't love ski skiing, but I love mountains. In Australia, I love the weather. Because the weather is amazing. <laughs> they don't have harsh winters, right? People are hanging out on the beach. Like, after work, they come on the beach just to see the sunset, and they, they go home. In America, I love the diversity of United States. And United States are so beautiful. I just did the road trip um, from... Missouri to Yellowstone and back and I stopped in Denver and Salt Lake City and it's just like amazing when I sent pictures to my family and friends they were all like in awe how beautiful United States are right 
Yes. So yes. this is what I really love about those three continents. Thank you for sharing that. And and as someone that has traveled to many of those places, I can attest that it is. It's beautiful. You know, people, as much as I want yeah. people personally on a personal level to go out and experience going to Europe or go out and experience going to a place like Australia or making a trip to a, another culture, there's a lot to see in America as well. Uh, I know you had mentioned the concept of work and the concept of healthcare. The concept of work is certainly a point of difference, if you will, a divide mm-hmm. between those three areas of the world. Yeah. What has been your experience with the approach to work in those three areas that are considered Western, quote unquote, but they're different? And what approach, if any, of those three do you prefer? So it's a two-part question. What's been your experience, and what approach, if any, do you prefer? Well, this is a really difficult question because, you know, each country or each continent had its, its pros and cons, right? Uh, because, like, in Europe, let's say in Europe, or I would be more specific, I would say in Slovenia, because, you know, every country in Europe doesn't have the same law or the same rules they are pretty much the same. So in Europe or in Slovenia, it's like, you know, usually we have majority of people, they have 30 days or even more annual leave every single year, um, which is quite a lot if you compare to other countries or to other continents. Um, And then in Slovenia, you get paid... um, sick leave as much like you get sick leave as much as you need and all the sick leave is paid right by government um, and I think it's quite the same in, in other uh, states in um, Europe and then like um, maternity leave it's one year and it's paid in um, Slovenia and I think Germany has three years um, maternity leave um, regarding work itself it's like um, there are not so many opportunities to climb the corporate ladder as they are in the United States. In the United States it's really easy to climb the corporate ladder if you work hard, if you are really dedicated to work and if you are um, like skilled. Uh, whereas in Europe, this is not that way. This is not that easy. You can be very, very easily stuck at the same position for the rest of your life, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes, in Australia, it's like it's still quite a lot of annual leave. Um, the difference is that you get 10 days sick leave per year, and if you don't use it, you can ac- accumulate it. So that means uh, if you're not sick a lot, so you accumulate those sick leaves and let's say if something happens to you, if you if you need to be out of work for a month or two, and if you have accumulated that sick leave, you can use it and it's paid. Um, and what I really like about Australia and their work is that if you're in government, seven years, but if you are in private sector, it's 10 years. So every 10 years, you get three months off. 
and that is called long service leave, which is for me quite wow. amazing. Wow, uh, that is that's very which is very for generous. me quite amazing. Yes, it is, and like every ten years, you can take three months um, long service leave, and also a month your regular annual leave, so you can take four months off, and you can just go travel around. Or you know, do what you whatever you want to do. Like you can take every four years, every ten years, four months off your work. Um, wow! In Australia, <laughs> yes, this is this is amazing. <laughs> um, and also in Australia, the maternity leave is one year. Um, it's not paid the whole year; it's paid just um, four months. Um, regarding the work in Australia, it is, um, you know, you can also claim, claim, climb the corporate ladder quite easily. Uh, you have many opportunities um, to work or for, to educate yourself at work. Um, they're really open to develop skills of their employees, um, which I really love because, you know, I love to learn new things. I love to learn new skills or become even better and better and better at what I do. Uh, In the United States, I see that there is a lot of opportunities, you know, at work. Um, It it is like, like I said before, if you're a hard worker, if you're dedicated, if you're skilled, you know, you can climb the corporate ladder, and you can earn quite a lot of money. Um, the difference is only like it is less annual leave, it is less maternity leave, and um, I think there is no sick leave, right? Like paid sick leave. Um, this, is, this is the only difference that I see. So, you know, it it's really depends. Which system do you prefer? But I would say that this is just because cultural background and how each continent um, have been established, and I think um, that contributes to how people relate to work. Yes, and I think that's starting to change. Um, we're going to explore that a little bit as far as like sick leave in in different states and that sort of thing. We're a little bit past. Uh, the 715, but that's okay. We're going to take a very short break for promotions here. Uh, Upcoming show promotions here on the Life Coach Radio Network. Erica Wiederleit. Erica Wiederleit. She's back. She's back on the network. Monday, November the 12th is the date of our new episode. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time over on the Life Coach chat channel. Erica Wiederleit, if you remember her, she had a long-running show on the network for years. She took a break. She's back. This is her second episode back. Erica Wiederlight, Monday, November 12th, 11 a.m. Eastern, Life Coach Chat Channel. So check that out. And let's raise some money tonight. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. The L.A. chapter, the Denver chapter, some other chapters come up in Charity Navigator as uh, top charities to help people uh, that are immigrants. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338, www.salvationarmyus.org. That's www.salvationarmyus.org. 
enter your zip code to donate in your local community or enter the poor zip code in your state in Google and then enter that zip code to donate to those in desperate need. And we're back here on episode number 33 of Undivided, the Western Split. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, Ramana Stokel, with us tonight, sharing her experiences about living in three different places that are considered Western but have very different approaches. And Ramana, we were talking just before we took a quick break there, and Audible.com is our sponsor. We're live at 720. If anyone wants to email in, I want to mention undividedshow at gmail.com really quickly. The lifestyle differences are also apparent in comparing the three continents where you have lived. What are some key distinctions you can share with the audience about the lifestyle in each quote-unquote Western continent? Well, what I see is that Europeans are very, very um, people who do the sport. Like, they're very sporty people. Um, They do a lot of running or cycling or hiking or skiing. Um, And I think they they really love cooking most of, most of Europeans, like, they love cooking. They love enjoy, enjoying good wine, good food. Um, in Australia, it's like it's everything is happening outdoors because the weather is so amazing there. Um, so everything is happening outdoors. On the beach, you have barbecues for free. And basically, it, it's all about barbecue and hanging out with friends um, and just enjoying the life when, you know, when they have spare time. Uh, In the United States, um, I see that many people, like, I can't compare basically California and um, Missouri, right? Because this is really two different states. But in Missouri, I find that many people I not really do um, many sports activities. Um, what I really miss here is like, you know, running trail or something that I can go for a run. I need to run like on the, on the street, which is sometimes not really safe. Um, but otherwise, Americans are extremely, extremely friendly, open and kind people. I was amazed when I got here because they're so open, so helpful, and so easy to connect with, which I can't say for Europeans and even not for Australians, right? But uh, Americans are really, really open people. And they, from my opinion, what I experienced, they really accept other cultures and other people. That's wonderful to hear because, you know, I think that, you know, growing up, obviously, as an American, I think that we get a a kind of a bad rap, for lack of a better term, uh, from the rest of the world about that as, you know, maybe the perception is that we're not as accepting. I know, you know, personally, I always thought it it may depend on on where you exactly live, like anywhere else, and, and the people that are around you in a given community or a different town. Uh, or even a different region. I know in the Northeast, you know, we have people from all over the world, and it's always been part of, of, 
you know, growing up for me is that diversity and that culture diversity. It's one of the things I like a lot about living in New Jersey and in, living in between New York and Philadelphia is that diverse background so that I've, I've been able to meet different people. So I thought that was a, a very uh, nice uh, compliment that you gave and I think would surprise some people that maybe we do have listeners from Canada and Europe to this show that will be interested in hearing that. So, so I appreciate you sharing that, you know, with our listeners, it kind of ties into our next question, uh, what you were just saying about the lifestyle in each place. What is the most challenging aspect of adapting to living in America after living in those other areas of the world? Well, to be honest, is the most challenging aspect is having so much time, so little, not so much, so little time off. It's basically um, me and my husband, we have just two weeks off, and we've never had so little time off, um, you know, like annual leave. So we really spend our holidays widely, and this is this is for me the most challenging. Um, otherwise, I don't find any challenges uh, because, like like I said, people are very open, people are very friendly, and people are very helpful. And I feel here um, like accepted. I feel that I can ask questions, and maybe this contributes also because I like when I come to a new continent or to a new country. I always, always, always try to blend with locals and do what locals do and just try to be the part of their community. Um, so this is, my, um, this is my mantra, I would say. Just be, behave, and do what locals do. Just blend with them. And I find that people are really open and accepting when you try to be, um, you know, when, try, when you try to integrate into the community. I would, I would share that sentiment. You know, other people that I know that have traveled and travel currently for work that are in international business and things of those, uh, uh, industries of those types, jobs of those types, have often said that to me, oh, when, if, if and when you travel to Japan or if and when you travel to South America, go to the local places. See, you know, you can tell the yeah. best restaurants are the ones that are most crowded. You can look at what other people are ordering and just order that dish because you know they must do that well. So you don't have to speak the language, you know. You just find out, you know, point to it on the menu and go from there. Uh, go where the locals go. Uh, I remember when I traveled in Europe, you know, uh, going to different places that were local type establishments and pubs in, in England, and they were crowded with local people and getting to meet people and seeing their reaction. They're like, oh, you're American. That's awesome. And uh, the British people were very warm and, and friendly to yeah. myself and, and my family, you know, when we stayed there. So that was a unique thing for me. As far as the sick time and the time off, I would definitely agree with that. You know, the United States, uh, that's definitely something that certain on the state level, as I mentioned before, I know they're trying to work at that uh, because a lot of that is, is 
uh, adjudicated or uh, legislated, I should say, uh, down at the state level versus having like a federal policy on that, uh, similar to the European Union, where maybe different countries uh, have different policies. I know in New Jersey, they signed a sick leave uh, so that we accrue a certain amount of time based on your hours worked. You get a certain amount of sick time off uh, Mm. for all the workers in the state. Soon enough, you feel like, oh, you know, I have to burn a vacation day that I don't have because I'm sick or I have to take time off Mm. of work and I'm not going to get paid. So that's something that our new governor, uh, Governor Murphy, has um, has certainly achieved, which I thought was was very interesting. Um, Mm. And that four months off, you know, and leading up to you coming on the show, Ramana, and and, um, I'll mention this to you and then we'll do our our break in about a minute, the 30 minute break. Uh, we're at 729 on the East. Uh, you know, most people, when they heard you were coming on the show, they said, well, we really want to hear about what life is like in Australia. So to hear about some mm-hmm. of what you shared with us, you know, that four months off, that's that's really interesting. And, and having things outside, that must have been, you know, a really unique experience for you. Yes, it is. It is because you know, in the United States and also in Europe, we are not used to spend so much time outdoors because we don't have the right weather for that. Right? We have harsh winters, we have um, rainy days. Like in Perth, like this is Western Australia. In Perth, like from I would say December till March or even April, there is no rain. No rain at all because it's summertime. Wow. It's really sunny. It's really sunny. And, you know, when the first rain comes, I'm so happy to see the rain. I never thought in my life that I will be happy to see the rain. But it <laughs> is. It is. It really is. Like, you know, because, you know, in the United States and also in Europe, it can rain for days um, and in winter time we can go without the sun for a month right sometimes sure and uh, especially like in november december january um and in perth in western australia this is not the case like this this really not the case um and I think they spend so much time outdoors because they can right because the weather is um Perfect for that. Yeah. It is. We're right on the button, 7.30. We're going to take our midpoint of the show break. Ramana, you can catch your breath for a second, take a drink of water. Undivided episode 33 will be back in a couple of minutes. The Western Split is our topic for tonight. Some upcoming show promotions here on the networks of Life Coach Radio. Trina Ramsey. Trina Ramsey, a solo program. Tina Ram- Trina Ramsey. Tuesday, November the 13th is when that show airs, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, over on the Life Coach chat channel. Trina Ramsey, she did a solo program a month ago. She usually does one about once a month. Really interesting topics. Check that out. Solo program for Trina on Tuesday, November the 13th, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. Replenish Me, Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. Wednesday, November 14th, is the next episode of her show. Her series is relatively new to the network. Uh, Cordelia, 
I've mentioned on the show before is the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. I am the first and third. So we do a lot of cross promotion of our programming. Replenish me Wednesday, November 14th. That is one week from tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. She said some very interesting guests. Uh, her show with Kim Fisk was really, really interesting and empowering. It has a very good cadence to it, the show. So check it out. Replenish me. Cordelia Gaffar is the host of that program. Wednesday, November 14th, one week from tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. And speaking of replenishment of people that may feel down, may feel like the world is crashing around them, you may feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're an immigrant to this country and you don't know where to turn. You don't know who is going to provide you help, who's going to provide you support. Maybe you're someone that's suffering with the loss of a loved one or friend. Maybe, as we've talked about with all the money we've raised for hurricanes, Michael and Florence, maybe you've lost everything in a hurricane and you're just down and out. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. You matter. Every life is important. Every life has been blessed and endowed by God above. Please call the number. Do not harm yourself. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. I know it seems bad now. It gets better. Life turns around as a way of doing that. Please hang in there. Please call the number. Food for the Poor, www.foodforthepoor.org. Great charity of South Florida. 800-427-9104 is how you can reach them. And a special one that I want to include tonight because of the topic, because of the Western split, because of Ramana coming here from another country, and others that have done so. The National Immigration Forum, they're based in Washington, D.C. That's the National Immigration Forum. And their website is immigrationforum.org. Their phone number is 202 347 0040. Again, 202 347 0040. That's the National Immigration Forum here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And we're back here on Undivided. I'm going to open the phone lines now 646 716 9397. Again, that number is 646 716 9397. If you have a question or comment for Ramana or myself, you could also email us. I check it often. Undivided show. That's undivided SHOW at gmail.com. So send in an email if you do not want to call in. Audible.com is our sponsor. And we're back here on Undivided. And now we bridge Ramana. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed a little break there for a couple minutes. We bridge to our next segment of the program. So we investigated the divide what some of the perceptions and misperceptions are between the three areas that we're exploring here tonight, the three different continents. And now we enter a segment on our program called Bridging the Divide. So how can we bridge the divide between people who feel that their country or their region is, quote, unquote, the best? I mentioned this in the show open. With those who have preconceptions about other areas of the world, which we've talked about, maybe Americans prejudging Europeans, Americans prejudging Australians, and vice versa, and those who think that their country or continent is going in the wrong direction? Well, 
like I said before, you know, we know about other countries as much as we listen to the news or we read the papers, right? And I would say that information is usually negative. What we read from papers and what we get from the news, um, the information is usually very negative. And my opinion is just go there and travel and, you know, talk to people and see how people live. And you will be amazed how your, like, your perception is wrong, usually it's very, very wrong. And this is, this is the best thing that you can do, just, you know, speak to people, speak to locals, go there, visit country, and learn yourself and may, make your own opinion. Um, so this is the best way. You know, that's a very honest answer because it's true. I've railed about the fear machine, as we call it on this program, of the news media. And the traditional news media wants you to be afraid of people that are not like you. They want you to fear people that are different in any way. They want you to have this negative opinion of other places, uh, other parts of the world, other people in the world. They want to block people from experiencing that by saying, oh, don't travel to this place because, you know, so-and-so is going on or such-and-such is, you know, at war with so-and-so or there's a bomb here or there. They want to constantly focus on the negative and not on the positive. I think that you would agree with me there. Thank you. Uh, From your your answer. Um, and, And, you know, some people feel, oh, you know, our country is the best we also have to think about it in different terms. We have to think about it more so that if we do feel the best, then we should be open to experiencing other countries, experiencing way other pe- the other people live in this world. You know, I know in seeing things myself that I say, wow, I'm really lucky to live in America and I'm mm-hmm. really lucky to grow up where I did versus some other mm-hmm. places uh, because of different things that have impacted the lens that I see the world and for other people on the same token that say, well, you know, about America, our country's going in the wrong direction. You know, you haven't visited, you know, a place like Venezuela lately. That's really a place going in the wrong direction. So there, there's a lot yeah. of, uh, yeah. it, you know, ways that you could perceive that, you know, there, there are not people getting mistreated and tortured and things like that in the streets, like you have yeah. in some other places in the yeah. world. Um, so there's, there's different ways to look at these things. So in that vein, how do we start the right dialogue on major issues? You know, you mentioned before, you know, the approach to work, there's a gender pay gap in this country. You know, uh, we've spoken about that offline, you know, women get paid differently than men. There's the overall lack of career advancement in Europe, which I didn't realize until I spoke with you, you know, there's that kind of that, that corporate ladder, quote unquote, that you could climb in America doesn't really exist in certain places in the world mm-hmm. and the way that we as society treat immigrants. So I know it's a really big question, but we'll try and break it down and, and take it for our listeners. 
Yeah, like regarding um, gender pay gap, that was that was a culture shock for me when I came to United States um, because this is not really the case in Europe or in Australia. Um, but maybe how to approach this? This what you asked me right now. They're all very sensitive topics, right? And like. How to approach um, the gender pay gap? Maybe we just need to talk about it very openly, like respectfully, and you know, think about why this happening. Maybe just like um, cultural background. Maybe, maybe because women didn't have like voting rights or um, working rights for quite a long time, right? Um, right. And I think this is just like um, historical heritage, and I think that you know over time the gender pay gap it will it will equal out equal out. I think the genders women and men they will be paid equally. Um, the other the other thing is um what what was the the next question that you asked me? I forgot I know it's a tough question I'm killing you here um the uh overall lack of career advancement in Europe you had mentioned that earlier uh, and yeah. I wanted to follow up with yeah. you on that, and then the way we treat immigrants is the third part, yeah, like in Europe, especially in Slovenia, there is basically no way. That you that you climb the corporate ladder, right? It's like you get a job, you have a certain a certain degree of education. Uh, many people are very very educated. They're like many people graduate because the education system is for free, so everyone goes to the college. Everyone. Um, some people finish, some don't, um, and Yes, when you get a job, usually you get a position based on your um, based on your knowledge and based on your education, and you get stuck there. You basically can't climb the ladder, um, especially not in government. This is not possible at all. Um, that's why I found in Australia or in the United States this is. It's a huge opportunity, right? Because if you are, like I said before, if you're a hard worker, if you're dedicated, and if you're, if you have skills, and if you want to learn new skills, the door is open for you. And that's what I love about the United States. I truly, that's what I love about the United States. And many people they ask me, you know, oh, which country do you prefer to live in? Well, it's really hard to say because it's not perfect, everything perfect in any of these countries, right? Each country right. has its own benefits and, you know, disadvantages. Uh, and it's really hard to say which one is the best one to live in. Um, for me, it's almost impossible. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't say really before you said, you know, oh, this country is the best one or the other country is the best one. Well, 
Not really. Um, not really, because you have pros and cons in each country. And it just depends of your personality, what you like most. Um, yes, did you want to say something? Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and the third one, sorry, again, I forgot. The, the third one that you asked me was? Uh, how do, how um, each society, or if you just want to focus on America, how the, the treatment of immigrants is or how it differs. Oh. I know it's it's a big, big question. Well, like you said before, you know, the news make us fear other people. And I remember, you know, in Slovenia, in Europe, when we had a lot of Syrian immigrants, there were like millions of them, millions of them. And basically, Europe couldn't cope with them anymore, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I know how people, they became scared and they were like, oh, you know, they will start um, killing us or they will start stealing things or they will, you know, they don't have a job, they don't speak our language, how they will survive. They, they are Muslims, they, you know, they are not Christians, they won't integrate in our country, um, we can't accept them, it's not our fault if they are in the war. But I would say put yourself into their shoes. And you escape the war and other people don't accept you, but you are already scared, hungry, tired, um, without anything. Probably, you know, probably your family was killed already. And you are looking for a better life for your children, not necessarily for yourself, but for your children. And people are judging you and they they are they are not accepting you and they don't want to help you well i think that this is really hard and i don't believe that you know immigrants are bad people i just believe that they they're looking for a better life for their children and also i believe that no one will leave their country if they don't really need to Yes, I tend to agree with that. I mean, that's um, that's a huge trek to make with children, and it's got to be really terrible as far as the conditions and what I've seen just by what I've seen. Uh, I would tend to believe that, you know, you wouldn't leave there unless things were completely you know, untenable, for lack of a better word, putting it very diplomatically, um, and that you are... Uh, you know, and all the people that I've met and all the people that I've interviewed and all the people I've spent time with, uh, you're not necessarily thinking of it for yourself. As you mentioned, you're thinking of it for your children. So I think a lot of these people are uh, really going out there and trying to make a better life. And, and that's a common thread that we all have in the human condition is that we're trying to make a better life uh, for ourselves, but for our children more so than, than anything else. And, and maybe that's the place where we, where we start, you know, there's, there are issues in every place, every society has them. And we've uncovered some of yeah. those tonight, but every society has things that are, are great about them. Every country, every place, um, 
we have some things that really stand out. So I was I was very surprised in, in some of what you said as far as, you know, how you felt in America, and that makes me feel very good as an American uh, that you felt so um, embraced by the people here and that you can ask, you know, questions and ask for help. Um, how can we change the perception uh, that some Americans and some Australians have about Americans, particularly in our approach to work, is we mentioned earlier, Americans as the quote-unquote workaholics. And as you uh, responded earlier, you know, the need for that, because they think we're consumed by material possessions versus the reality that many Americans need to work to survive. So how can we yeah. change that perception? Do you have any ideas of, around that? Uh, well, I would say just talk about this openly and maybe, you know, like on the podcast like this or maybe in some, um, some people who do blogging or some people like an interviews in magazines uh, because people like I knew before that people in the United States, they have two or three jobs. And I was like, why on earth they are having three jobs? You know, when do they do that? Like, like do they have... Do they have only 24 hours and they need to sleep? So when do they do their three jobs? And when I got here, now I know why. Because they need to. Because otherwise they won't survive. They need to pay their living expenses. They need to pay for their like save up for their their pension, right? Um, and because this is not common in. Australia, or it's not common in Europe, that's why people have this misperception that Americans are really um, consumed with uh, material things, um, and they're just like huge buyers, and they just spend money, you know, unpredictably. But this is not really the truth, right? This is like this is and people also see you know in the United States they drive huge cars versus in Europe they don't. But mm-hmm. because the United States are so big and you know they so big and they have lots of land, and yes they could build wide um, roads. Versus in Europe, Europe has so many people, so many millions of people, and. You can see like house after house after house after house. There is no spare land, basically, and everything is so narrow. Um, and this is just how it was built, like, I don't know, from thousand, like from 15th century, right? Everything was very, very narrow. Right. And that's why cars are very small. Um, and this is, again, misperception. And you don't understand all these things until you speak to locals, until you speak to people, until you ask them, well, can you explain me this? Like, I really don't understand how it works this in your country. Just like not from judgment, but from curiosity. I'm just curious how things are going here. Um, and... What I think is just to speak more about this, that basically Americans, they need to work 
three jobs in order to survive. It's just a tough reality. It is. It's uh, that has changed a lot too, especially in the last about fifteen years. Uh, has become a, a requirement for a lot of people as um, the middle class has shrunk, and we can get into a lot of different demographic, you know, reasons why that's happened. Uh, cost of living has gone up. Uh, wages and earnings have remained very flat mm. um, over a long period of time. So you're working more, you're making the same or less money. So it requires you to do something else. And so many of my friends have multiple jobs. You know, I do a lot of things on the side in addition to my full-time work, including, you know, doing some writing and uh, doing some other things, uh, doing this program and doing some other things um, as well. So there, there are so many things that go into the equation and just to survive, you know, the healthcare costs, things of that nature that, you know, other people don't have to think about. I have a friend that is an expat. He moved from uh, America to the United Kingdom, and he didn't have to worry about when his two kids were born, any of those bills. And my mm. friends that are here have health care costs and yeah. things of that nature, yeah. you know, and then have sick kids, yeah. which it becomes like a, like a bar tab. You know, you start it and it keeps running. Um, so that yeah. was very um, – that was I liked uh, a lot of of the meat in that question and the your curiosity and remaining curious. Um, what is the role in coaching or of coaching? Because you know we're Life Coach Radio Network, and I always try and circle back to the role of coaching around this point in our show. Uh, what is the role of coaching in helping people who have moved to a new country or a new continent and are looking to make a fresh start and acclimate to a new culture? I believe that coaching can be very, very helpful because when you move to a new country, um, you go through tough times, right? I remember myself when I moved to Australia, I was crying for two weeks, like, and I, I was telling myself, you're so stupid. How on earth could you do that? Like, why on earth did you move to Australia, right? It was, it, it, you know, the emotions come up, the fear come up, you have no job and you have to find a new job. And the problem with me was that I didn't understand Australian accent. I really didn't understand them. And I was just worried how on earth I'm going to find the job if I don't understand them. Well, you know, um, after a month, I was fine with their accent. But, you know, American accent is like more... Um, more natural to me because of the movies. Um, but you don't hear Australian accent very often. And, you know, and I also see here in the United States that um, because with me, um, the same time as I moved here and my husband moved here, also other Australians for Perth, from Perth moved here. And, you know, some Americans, they're struggling, struggling with their accent. They just don't understand them. And this sounds so funny um, to me. But, yes, this is the reality. And when you have a coach, it really can be uplifting uh, because the proper coach for immigrants can help you, you know how to find a job, how to write the CV, um, 
they can help you with some advices, um, like where where to turn on for legal advice if you need, or you know when you need to go um, if you need to arrange something for your visa, and also helps you to um, move forward and to yeah to move forward from your negative thoughts and your painful emotions. Um, it really moves you to where you want to be from where you are right now. Um, and I believe that coaching um, is really helpful, especially if you um, if you choose a coach who is specialized who specialized in immigrants. Like uh, like my friend Deanna Tapia, she has a worldwide immigrant association, and basically, what she focuses on, she focuses on helping immigrants. You know how to um, in- integrate into a new country as smoothly as they can. How to find a job? How to apply for a job? how to write the CV, um, you know, how to send money overseas if you need to, how to deal with the relationships between you and your partner if you're moving together. Because, you know, also relationships can be, can be at stake at that time because it's really hard when you move to a new country. And it is emotionally, emotionally draining at, at first. Um, so if you have someone to help you to go through these crucial moments, um, it, it's very, very um, welcoming and very helpful. We have um, an email question here. We'll do that before we do our common ground piece. Uh, the question was uh, very interesting because you just mentioned something like this. Um you had mentioned, you know, moving with someone. So when the question is essentially when you move to a different place um, with a spouse or a significant other, do you have any advice for a listener that may do that? Like how did you get through it is I think what they're, they're asking in so many words here. I'm trying to paraphrase what they wrote in the email and thank you to the listener for the question. Um can can you say that again? If you move to a new country with your spouse or the significant, significant other, how uh, you? How did you get through that? Because I would imagine it's probably difficult. You had just mm. alluded to something that it was. So I thought the timing was interesting that I just read this. But um, you, you know, mm-hmm. how did you get through it? What helped you to deal with it? Because it must be stressful, and if the other person's in a different yeah. place, okay. so to speak, can you elaborate on that? Now that I kind of explained it a little better. <laughs> Um, yes, it is um, like how I did, how we, me and my husband did it. It's basically yes, I was, I was, um, you know, grumpy. I was upset. I was like crying. Um, you know, I wasn't really, let's say, uplifting and inspiring. And also, my husband, he was also afraid. Um, and. What we did, we just like we knew that this is this is really a tough moment at this moment, and we will get through. So we weren't snappy to each other. 
we were we talked through everything. We talked through our fears. We talked through our worries. Um, and like I got a job after three months. My husband didn't get a job for five months, and this was really really uh, oh. painful for him. And uh, you know, applying for a job and just being rejected, overqualified or not having um, Australian experience, working experience. Um, and it's really like devastating and unmotivating when you just can't get a job. And what we were trying all the time is just not to be rude or snappy or, you know, unpleasant, unkind to each other. Um, and we just talked through everything that really helped us. Just talking about fears, about issues, about everything. That really helped us. Thank you for sharing that. And hopefully that helps the listener and other listeners out there that are in the midst of a similar situation you know, with their spouse or their significant other, uh, their fiance, whoever it might be. Uh, so now, Romano, we're right at 8 o'clock here on the East Coast and 7 o'clock for you in Central Time. We're at the final uh segment of our program known as the common ground segment. So here we try and give a concrete first step or first couple of steps uh, for people to move forward on an issue together and find unity around a concept that might be uh, very divided. How can we find common ground for those people in America who feel that Europeans may have no work ethic? You hear that common uh, stereotype or that Australians like to party, like we talked about before, or for Europeans who think Americans work too many hours, they're workaholics, and have an opinion about Australians as well, and then how Australians might perceive the world, might perceive America, might perceive Europeans, in order to find some concrete ways for us to all live in unity and harmony. Well, I think that less judgmental we are, you know, more accepting we are towards other people and other cultures and the ways, different ways how other people live. And like coaching plays a really big role here because usually they question your thinking. Like a coach, if you have a coach, usually questions your thinking. And questions your beliefs and your perceptions. Um, and also, many times, coach, you, coach try to get you to find a proof for your belief or your opinion. Um, and I would say, you know, quite like when you think that Americans, they are just workaholics, Ask yourself, is this really true? Like, on on which basis did I create this opinion or this belief? And also for, um, you know, Europeans, they are, like, soft or maybe they are not, they don't have work ethics. How true that is, like, where this opinion um, is based from? Um, because I find... Australians, I found Americans, and I find Europeans very hardworking people. Um, I can't say that, you know, 
some people they don't have work ethics. Um, but this is just my opinion, right? Um, and this is how mm-hmm. I experienced. Um, but um, yes, I would mm-hmm. question my opinion and my thinking. You know how true that is. Maybe it's not true. Mm. Because again, we get an opinion from you know media, from news, and sometimes we just in- interpret things wrongly. That's that's very common. We just hear something and make our own interpretation or assumption, which is very, which is usually very very wrong. It is. Very true words, very true words. Thank you very much for that, and thank you for sharing your experiences overall over the past hour uh, with us and with the listeners of the Undivided Program here on Life Coach Radio Network. Uh, Ramana, um, how can people get in touch with you? I want you to just, uh, you know, we do this in every show, allow the guest a couple minutes to explain, you know, what it is that you do. Uh, what's your passion, what's your focus, Uh, if you have a coaching practice, if uh, you've written a book, if you have an event coming up, anything you may want to share, how people can find you, contact you. Um, So uh, at this point, you would share that that information uh, with the listeners, with the audience. Yes, I am. Like you said before, I'm dating and relationship coach uh, because I saw so many professional women just struggling with finding the right guy. And that was also my story. Um, um, and that's why I've decided to pursue the coaching path and help women, professional women, um, to find the right guy so that they can have loving, respectful relationship they always wanted. Uh, people, how they can find me, they can just uh, put into Google search Romana Stokel and uh, my website will come up. Um, I'm just in the middle of revamping my website, but I will offer, I'm offering right now, and it will be very soon on my website is um, Dating Crystal Ball, which is like um, a package, uh, $97. It costs only $97. And you get a 10 pages tailored report and also a 45 minutes coaching session where you can learn why you keep dating the wrong man. You will get so many insights from that um, personal report. Uh, and this is like common issues that I find with women is like, oh, my God, um, you know, I, I will stop dating. I won't um, bother with uh, guys anymore because I just find always the wrong one. And it's very easy for me to be single, but I don't want to be single. So, um, yes, if anyone is interested um, to find out why they keep dating the wrong guys, um, you can contact me, um, and I will give you all the information about dating um, crystal ball. Excellent, a dating crystal ball. That seems like something that would definitely be in demand. And <laughs> as <somebody, laughs> yeah. speaking as a guy, this is—I don't want to uh, tread into some troubled waters here, but uh, you know, 
from the perception of, you know, I've seen, you know, my friends, my sisters and other people go through this kind of stuff. It is, it's uh, difficult to navigate, you know, those waters, if you will. So I think that that would be of, of definite use and of definite service to people. So thank you for sharing that with our guests, especially our female guests. Uh, and thank you so much, Ramana, for appearing on the program, for being so prepared, so conscientious. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over these past months that we've been, you know, planning this show. And I really thought that your experience would really uh, resonate with uh, the different listeners of this program from near and far. So thank you very much for being a part of, of Undivided and for, for sharing this evening and this experience with us. Thank you for having me. I was really enjoying today, um, and I really love talking to you. Oh, thank you. That's too kind. Very, very kind. So um, if you want to jump off, you can. If you want to stick around, that's it's up to you. I have to do some show promotions, and then I'm going to wrap up the mm-hmm. show. So listeners, you know, stay with me because I will uh, wrap up the show in a moment, but I just have to mm-hmm. do a couple things to, to move through to get them out of the way. Uh, Sisters of the Diaspora, Sisters of the Diaspora, brand new episode, Trina Ramsey and the Gals, Thursday, November 15th. That's 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. Sisters of the Diaspora, Trina and the Gals, great series, long-running series here on the network. They come your way with a new episode Thursday, November 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can find Replenish Me with Cordelia Gaffar a week from tonight, Wednesday, November 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach Radio Network. She also has some great guests on that program. And then finally, Holy Shift. That's like shifting a car. Holy Shift. Barb Heenan, Leslie Pachotti. Holy Shift, like an energy shift. 8 a.m. Central, because they're in Chicago. 9 a.m. Eastern Time, so they're in the morning. Life Coach Radio Network, their next episode, Wednesday, November 21st. So that's two weeks from tonight. It's easy because their show's in the morning. My show is in the evening because we're on the same schedule. Holy shift. Barb Heenan, Leslie Pichotti, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern, Life Coach Radio Network, Wednesday, November 21st is their next new and live episode. And that's a great segue to my next episode, excuse me, which I will also repeat before the end of the broadcast it's November 21st, two weeks from today, Wednesday, November 21st. That will be a recorded show because of the proximity to Thanksgiving and my other work obligations. I will have to record that show ahead of time. So it'll be pre-recorded. I will take no audience calls. Uh, if I get an email prior to the recording time, I will include that. But that is going to be recorded at another point and aired next, uh, I'm sorry, in two weeks, November 21st. That episode will be episode 34, and it is gratitude versus entitlement. And we're going to look at in Thanksgiving being grateful for what we have, thankful for what we have, versus chasing money, chasing possessions. It's a solo program. I'm going to be tackling this topic, gratitude versus entitlement, a solo program on November the 21st. Catholic Charities, again, 800-919-9338. Let's give and help people that are immigrants from other countries. You can reach Food for the Poor at their website, www.foodforthepoor.org, 
9104. The National Immigration Forum, that's immigrationforum.org, 202-347-0040. MAP International, the last one that we usually always do on this program, great charity. Last but not least, MAP International, www.map.org, 800-225-8550. Again, the number 800 800- Two two five eight five five zero. Help people around the world that are in need. There's so much need out there. Please give from the heart. Give generously as we enter the holiday season. I want to also in, invite people to listen to the program. All of our shows are on the Blog Talk Radio platform and also distributed on iTunes for free for all you Apple listeners. iTunes distributes this program. And so as we return to wrap up the show for tonight, the Western split. We looked at different ways that we may perceive each other as Americans, as Europeans, as Australians. We looked at someone that has lived in all three places and explained how those three areas are different and yet the same. We've talked about how to potentially bridge the divisions and the preconceptions and the judgments that may be centered around the lens in which we perceive our world, the news media and the influences of other people to go out, as Ramana mentioned, reach out, travel, experience other cultures. And other people have pushed back on me, you know, when I've said that leading up to this week, as I thought that would be part of this show, well, what if I can't afford to travel and I'm working multiple jobs as we discussed in this show, well, then I, challenge you in a way to meet people of different cultures of different backgrounds when you see them when you're out approach them say hi reach out to them as many times on this show the common ground has been that love your neighbor reach out to them care for them another thing is to be curious as Ramana said have some curiosity Put yourself in other people's shoes. Have empathy for them. Reach out to them. Get to know them. Volunteer maybe in an area in your community where people go from other backgrounds, other cultures. Volunteer there a couple hours a week or maybe on a Saturday or Sunday and get to know people of different backgrounds. And that's how we will all take steps forward to live truly undivided my practice can be reached on my website. That's frankjamadurycoaching.com. I also want to mention I have a book on Amazon, Reflections of the Passion, A Modern Guide to the Stations of the Cross. That's available on Amazon right now. All proceeds go to charity. It goes to a charity that helps people that are persecuted out of their homes by ISIS in the Middle East. So please help those people help support the book and help gain a closer understanding of what the Lord sacrificed for us. I want to again repeat that this show is dedicated to Babette Gold. This is Gold. You're in my thoughts. You're in my prayers. And so is your family. And for all those that died at Tree of Life in that tragedy in Pittsburgh, that shows me that this show, while I've made progress, has a long way to go to have people truly live in harmony and peace. But I'm dedicated to doing so. And I hope that you'll take that journey with me. I will see you guys again on November the 21st. That will be a recorded show. I want to thank 
all of the listeners. I want to thank everyone near and far that supported this program. I want to thank Ramana for being a wonderful guest. I want to thank my family for their support that they've always lended me. And I will see you guys again for episode 34, which is gratitude versus entitlement, excuse me, gratitude versus entitlement on the 21st. So until then, for Russ Terry, for Trina Ramsey, for Danica Treble, and for everyone at the Life Coach Radio Network that allows me to do what I'm blessed to do, this has been Undivided Episode number 33, The Western Split. And until I see you guys again, as always, be blessed and be well.